This is 101 with A-Ray. Real life, real stories, real people. Let's get it. Hey guys, this is Brittany Beats. And I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and let you guys know that every single track you hear on this show was made by yours truly. Hope you guys enjoy. Take it away, A-Ray. Hey, yo, it's A-Rated Kid. We back, man. Season three. We're going to get it popping. If you thought last season was hot, I'm going to turn it up just a little bit on you. It's one-on-one with A-Ray. Shout out to Pretty Beats. Shout out to the lovely Amanda Marie for the intro and the beats. Uh, we're going to switch it up. We're going to do something a little different. Um, I have, once again, the lovely Sabrina Don. What up, Sabrina? What's going on, A-Ray? How you doing? Right, I'm good. Like, great figure eight. They broke. I'm straight. Whatever that means. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Things have been really good and getting better every day, it feels like. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have been killing it on Facebook lately, and it is awesome to watch and be encouraged. Um, so keep killing it on Facebook, man. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. Hold up. Let me actually turn off my phone because I know no one's called me all day, but now will be the time when someone starts blowing me up. <laughs> True. It always happens. <laughs> right, right. Facts, facts. So, Sabrina, let's, uh, let's tell everyone what we're doing this season. Um, I'll start and I'll let you pick up. Um, so, Sabrina is going to drop her own show and she's asked the kid, A-Ray the kid, to be a part of it. And it's going to be called the Sabrina and A-Ray show. Sabrina, how are you feeling about that? I cannot express how excited I am about this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be raw. It's going to be faith over fear. It's going to be the mess and marvelous of life. And we're going to be leading you down that path of growing and expanding. Are you in? I'm I'm all in, man. Ah, I'm so I'm so hyped, man. I am so excited. It's been uh, I have I have a lot of stuff going on, but I have been looking forward to making this announcement on one on one with A Ray. Um, I'm looking forward to to this show. I uh, I really cannot wait. I don't even. There's no words for it. I'm just I'm excited, man. I'm just super excited. Me too. I feel like it's just gonna be. You know, like you were saying before, if we can just help one person along the way kind of feel like they're not in it alone and that, yes, it's messy, but we're we're in it with them, right. we've done a good job, right? Facts. Mad facts. Mad facts. Um, so, you know, Sabrina, last time you were on one-on-one with A-Ray, though, um, you were in the process of getting ready to drop a book with nine other ladies. Um, that book is out now, Motherhood Diaries. Um, how is, how can I word this? How is life after the drop? I mean, it's the whole process is amazing. It's a journey in and of itself. Right. Um, but I believe that it's helped me up level on a whole nother way by connecting with different kinds of people, um, different kinds of moms and women have come into my life talking about this book. Like I didn't realize how this would start to connect me to so many different people. Mm. And what a gift that's been. Right. Yeah, that is that is so awesome. Um, that is super amazing. Um, are you, I don't know. I mean, I do know, and I'm kind of asking, when, are, you're in the process of writing another book, right? Yes, I've just started. 
Okay. Yeah. You just started. Got you. Got you. But man, I don't know. So you have to tell me and share with me your experience. Um, so I started like the intro of this book, right? Just the intro. And I've run into this block. Like I, nice. there's so much I want to say, and it's trying to figure out how I want to bring it to the table for somebody to read it. Right. So right. how have you dealt with those blocks when you hit Ooh, them? That's, that's a good question. Um, for me, one of the things I do is, um, I, I back away from the the whole project um, because I think just even a title sometimes because uh, you know when you have a title and for me I get a title before I actually get like the writing stuff a lot of the times and then so then you feel like when you're writing you have to live up to that title so a lot of times I have to back away from the 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 title just in and of itself and like I'll start writing. And I'm trying to work the title and trying to get that message across. And then I'm like, wait, okay, okay. So much information is going on in my head. And I know what I want to say, but how do I word this? Uh, And then when you word it and you get it out, then you're like, does this make sense? So what I have learned to do is like back away from it and go and like do something I enjoy doing. Um, Whether that's uh, working out, watching TV, uh, probably too much TV, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, even if it's going outside and just taking a taking just a break, just um, from from the book, from the the, the idea of the book, the, the what pressure, it, the pressure. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the things I do. And another thing I do is like I'll go back. And, and so you can do this like you can go back and read uh, Motherhood Diaries uh, and not to. <laughs> sound rude or anything but uh like your part in mother diaries and and it, and it kind of and it hyped you up because you're like yo i wrote this so you know i know i know i got this for the second book or whatever uh so those are those are those are a couple of things i do oh one more thing i do one more thing i do is um i pace and that i'm not saying pace but i will sit here and i will pace and like talk to God like yo God is this is this even what I'm supposed to be doing right now and we talked about it yesterday um um asking and receiving yes and so just like when we talked about that I was like yo um okay God I got I got some things I need to ask you for and just right after that I mean just like um things started flowing flowing. yeah yeah because I'm also in the process of of writing my my third book yeah Third? Yeah, yeah. The th- yeah, yeah, the third book. Um, but I I literally wrote the intro for it um before I even wrote the first two books. So I already kind of knew. Uh I think you were the one telling me start with the end in mind. Uh yeah. And so I didn't realize that I had did that until after we had a conversation about it. I was like, oh yeah, this, the third book was it's supposed to cover hope and confessions and like the result of both of those things. It's going to be the start book or whatever. Um, and I have gotten like, I haven't, you know, like I said a while ago that the title can be overwhelming. Yeah. So I have like forced myself not to really put a title on it. Yeah. I have a couple ideas floating around in my head, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to wait for a title. Cause if I do that, I'm going to be overwhelmed. So just kind of just, just taking it step by step also and realizing that this is, uh, it's a marathon and not a sprint. 
That, yeah, that is what I, I love both of what you point that pointing out to the ask and receive and the taking it in stride. Those are, mm-hmm. thank you. Yes. That's exactly what I needed to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, and it, and it can be, uh, it, I don't know. Writing can just be stressful in and of itself. Yeah. Um, which is why I was looking at, I was looking at my Facebook memories and I asked the question, I was like, this is right after I had dropped the whole project and I asked the question, are you guys ready for my second book, which is the confessions. And I remember just like, like having it and like having everything, but like not together, but knowing if all I did was sit down and put it together, it probably could have came out earlier than what it was supposed to. It was at one time it was, it was going to come out during around the time other diaries came out. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to hold back. Um, but like just learning really just to go with the process, go with the flow and knowing like, yo, it's going to happen. Just chill and enjoy the moment. Right. Cause I do think that it picks up its own energy. All, you know, all of in itself, this project has its own energy to move with. And right. Trusting in that. Right. Right. Facts. Facts. So yeah. confessions is out. Oh, thank God. Confessions is finally out. Um, the ebook version is out. We're working on the, uh, paperback, uh, yeah, the paperback. And that's going to be a uh, Haley and Jenny and the whole sparkling publishing company. That's going to be, um, their whole deal. I sent, I'm going to send the files over to Jenny and I, I told them like, Hey, whatever y'all think is best. Like, I don't even, at this point I'm excited about it being out, but I do not want to look at the word confessions for another, <laughs> for another year. Right. Especially when you're fresh off of it. It's like, no, right. I need a break. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, and especially because like I did a whole sermon series starting in 2019 up until uh, earlier this year, I did confessions three part three for podcasting. And so I've really been dealing with this particular title and uh, uh, this work for a while and i'm just ready to kind of like go on to the next thing um i'm saying i'm a lot i gotta remind myself to stop doing that but i'm ready honestly to go on to the next project but at the same time trying to enjoy the creation of this one and and realizing how it went from like just being a podcast project to a whole ebook and about to be a paperback so i'm just enjoying it right now so crazy exciting and it does like we were just talking about this too the importance of reflection right and mm-hmm. celebrating those moments so what have you done to celebrate right so i actually um the was that yesterday when we talked yes so last night i actually i poured up uh a bottle of it's i'm pointing to it like you can see it but i pour <laughs> i poured up a bottle of wine um some cupcake i think that's what it, yeah it says cupcake some red it's cupcake but it's the red bottle i don't know the actual name of that one but it, i poured up a bottle sat back relaxed i actually read a couple of chapters of confessions and i was all like yo this is actually better than the whole project and so i really kind of celebrated the fact that my i seen improvement in my writing skills um and it was just it was a cool little vibe it really was it's so important to do. And even if it's just that intimate moment with yourself and saying like, Hey, I accomplished this. I did this. It's amazing. I'm proud of myself. Right. right. How right, often right. Do we say that as we move through 
Right. Yeah, cuz not me, not ah, not me. I don't I don't say it enough. Um either. Yeah. Like I'll have a I'll have a moment where I'll be like, "Yo, we winning." And then it will fade so quickly. But it's, it's like I said a while ago, it's like you actually been telling me too, um, enjoying that moment, not just having that moment, but like when that moment pops up, being present in that moment. So true. It's so we need to do. I'm guilty of the same thing, you know, and, and it's the importance of milking it and embracing it because, you know, there's a lot of uh, dark bumps along the way and so we really have to milk those moments that are good and right right right. most definitely yeah yeah most definitely so sabrina you actually got recently you you got certified with map Mm -hmm. let's uh let's talk about a little about that real quick how do you feel speaking i mean we're talking about celebrating and accomplishments how did that feel oh my gosh so Um, it was about a six month, uh, class that, um, I put in quite a bit of work for. So when I finally got to the end of that road, I was ready to be done with that part. I felt ready. Um, I'm really excited about it and how it's going to help people. Um, what map is, is it's a, a way that I work with clients, um, consciously and subconsciously to get to a goal or remove limiting beliefs and blocks around um, your forward movement in life. So you clear out that energy, that negative energy or memories or pain around it so that it becomes a level playing field for you to move powerfully forward. Mm, Oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds really good. I know. I can't wait for you to try it out with me. Yeah. I can't wait either. I can't. Oh, I was, I completely forgot. I was supposed to give, I was, yeah, I'm going to send you a, a time. And yeah, oh, I forgot all about that right now. Um, but yes, I cannot wait to do that. I'm actually going to take a note. Just put map right there. So, yes, please do. Because even today, like I was uh, like a whole hour early for this. And I was like, oh, I should probably read all of the text message and not part of the text message. So yeah, That's what yeah. I've been, right though it's been busy like that fly you know we're trying to move forward and and create magical things so that right, happens. Right. it happens yeah yeah most definitely <laughs> most definitely so uh sabrina one more thing one more thing before we get into the show um because uh ladies and gentlemen believe it or not this is just the beginning we just getting started i told you i was gonna have some heat for you um but sabrina what is um, something you have been watching lately on TV? Because I remember last time we talked, we were talking about TV shows. Um, what what have you been watching lately? America's Got Talent. Oh, I I I, do, I watch like like replays of it, but like only clips of it, if that makes sense. Yes. No. Um, sounds like my life. i feel you yeah so that that is what's up um i know amanda is a huge fan of that um for sure she's a huge fan of that um anything that uh america's got talent anything with the music and the uh the the talent stuff um i'm trying there's one i can't think of specifically oh no, I'm thinking about Friends. She's a huge fan of Friends or whatever. So I, I think she's watched the reunion show like ten times for some reason. I still have yet to do that. You're not. Uh, I mean, take your, take your time. Take okay. Your time. <laughs> so, what's yours? What 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 show have you been watching? I have been watching. I've been going back and forth with two shows: Game of Thrones. 
Oh man. Rewatching that. Um, oh man. I woke up this morning because I fell asleep with the TV on and I woke up to uh oh boy, the dad getting his head chopped off. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's about to get better right here. And then I fell asleep again. So um loving I, I forgot how good that it was in the beginning i i know a lot of people didn't like the ending of it i thought the ending sucked a little bit too but i enjoyed the entirety of it um i'm with you on that yeah. I, as a whole i loved it but the very end i was kind of like oh man i wish they would have just done it just a little different a little different yeah yeah um and so the game of thrones and then have you ever seen the tv show revenge no i saw you post something on that and Man. I was interested, but I have not watched it. So tell me. Yeah, so it's about this girl. Her name happens to be Amanda, which um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say a whole lot about that. But um, anyway, her dad gets he gets falsely accused of blow, or funding this terrorist group that blows up this airplane. She's a little kid, and so all the people who had were involved in setting her dad up, when she gets older, she goes back to the Hamptons and systematically starts just taking them out one by one, but not, like, killing them or anything like that. Just, like, I know one guy, for example, uh, was having an affair with his wife, got his mistress pregnant, and they had broke the, the whole deal off, so what she did was pretty much tell her, hey, show up to this event and she's pretending to be him show up to this event hey you know come there i can't wait to see you this that and the other and so she shows up and then his script that he was reading off of she pretty much said like she had him like say like i'm retiring from public life destroyed his whole career and so it is so it's so like it amazes me how much energy she put in planning this out the demise. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yo, that I would have been stressed out. I would have to let it the whole thing go, man. It's too much. It's, it's too much. Too much. Yeah, yeah. But she's focused and it is it's such a good it, it starts off a little slow, but once they once they uh build it up, that climax at the end of the season, one, oh my golly gee, Willigers Batman. It's crazy. I'll have to catch it. Have yeah, to. you have to watch it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So, ladies and gentlemen, Sabrina, do you have anything else you want to share? I'm just so excited to do this thing with you called Sabrina and A-Ray. Me too. I really am. Um, like, y'all, you guys really be on the lookout for that because it's coming. It's coming. Give us just give us a minute, man. You know, give us a minute. We're gonna we, it's gonna it's gonna drop. It's gonna be hot. Um, I promise you, it's probably gonna be probably one of the hottest shows um i've been a part of so i'm i'm looking forward to that and i'm t- like i'm if you've been rocking with me for the last 7 to 8 years you know i don't disappoint well <laughs> i hope i don't disappoint you know though it's going to be fire if i say it's fire so it's going down be on the lookout for that sabrina and ara show but today ladies and gentlemen we have uh a guest and he's not He's not new to this. He's true to this. My boy, John, uh, if you don't know anything about John, go back to 101 uh, with A-Ray and J-Ray when we were called A-Ray and J-Ray today. Check out his first two interviews. Uh, But today, Sabrina, you're going to love it. Um, You're going to love him. Um, He's awesome. He's going to be on the show. He's going to talk to us about therapy counselors uh social workers and it's and, and i think that's something you can vibe with 
because it, you know when you were talking about map, I was like, oh yeah, when her and John get in the same room, it's gonna be. Well, getting the same Zoom, it's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 101 with A-Ray and with Sabrina for the time being. And you know the vibes. Yo, welcome back. Welcome back. It's one-on-one with A-Ray and Sabrina. And we got my boy, the home skillet biscuit, John. What's up, baby? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. It's good. It's a good day. It's rainy where I'm at, but it's a good day. Oh, dang. That sucks, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a good day so far. Can't complain. Beautiful. Unfortunately, sorry for you. It's not so nice, but it's a beautiful day for me outside and enjoying my coffee this morning and ready to talk. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, John, like before we really get into the show, um, it's just uh, it's like I feel like this is classic a ray moment right here because you were my first person that i ever interviewed face to face even though today we're over zoom um and we've had some great interviews in the past and i have i have decided that anytime i do a new season or start a new series or whatever i'm like yo i'm john's gonna be the first person i reach out to um because we make magic all the time man well i love that i'm i'm honored for you to want to do that with me um, I'm not that interesting, so we're probably going to run out of interesting things to talk about at some point. You might want to switch that up soon. What, what you, next season, what you could do is I'll give you, uh, I'll let you interview my wife. She's a lot more interesting than me. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking, speaking of your lovely wife, man, the artwork you guys see on, um, Sabrina's show, um, that's coming soon. Uh, Jennifer's show. My show, uh, one-on-one with A-Ray and Real Talk, it all came from John's wife. So shout out to her. Um, yeah, she is amazing with that stuff. Uh, man, I get so hyped and excited every time she makes something. I'm like, yo, how did you do that? How did you put that together? That's that's what's up. That's what's up. She's got some talent. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. She's no. You're fine. She's uh, she's got a lot of talents. Yeah. yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man. And so do you, John. So do you. And uh, you know, this uh, episode, this episode is about why therapists are essential. And um, and John, I'm I'm so glad that you have decided to be here with me and Sabrina. So before we get into the heart of the show, let's uh, do some icebreaker questions. So, uh, my first question for you is what's your all time favorite movie? My all time favorite movie is the Shawshank Redemption. And it's an older movie, uh, Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. 
Um, if, if anyone's never seen it before, um, it's about a guy who's wrongly accused of murder. And so he's sentenced to life in prison. And the basic premise is he, you know, learns to adapt on the inside while becoming friends with a wise old black guy in Morgan Freeman. So who doesn't, who doesn't want that? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the movie because, um, the essential theme is hope, right? And no matter what situation you're in, no matter what predicament that you're in, you have hope and that you never give up and you never stop fighting to, uh, to get what you want in life. Yeah. That, that will, yeah. I love that too. That would preach, man. That will preach. <laughs> All right. So the next, I think we should do another one. So let's do, um, if you were to die and come back as any person in the world, who would it be? I think the obvious answer is Jesus, right? <laughs> That, yeah. I think that's, you know, Adrian knows me pretty well. I think that would be a good answer, right? Me coming back as Jesus, Adrian, that'd be, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> um, that was good stuff. Coming from you, that was good stuff. Know, right? <laughs> um, uh, seriously, but I think it would be fun to be, you know, a movie star, a celebrity, like, you know, if, if, if I were to come back and be Adrian's boy, Usher, I mean, that'd be a pretty cool life, right? You know, it would be pretty cool to be famous and, you know, have all the money, you know, a sports figure. Like if I were to come back and be LeBron James, that's, that's pretty cool. Right. That, so like, I can't just pick one celebrity or one artist or one, you know, famous person. Um, but who would I, honestly, um, I've been this human for, for 33 years now. And, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to playing it out and seeing what happens. So I don't really would, I don't think I'd die and come back as anybody and probably just, just be me. I want to figure out what goes, what goes on in my life. Right. The next chapters, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How it unfolds. I, I put okay. a lot of work into this right. okay. Mental, <laughs> mentally, physically, emotionally. I put a lot of work into this realm and I, I want to keep going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Book two. Yeah. Book two. Yeah. I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, my man, we come back as Jesus and I cannot wait for Allie and Christy to hear that. Um, that's going to be gold. I'd make a lot of changes with this place. <laughs> I'd actually do Jesus like things. <laughs> yeah. That would be very interesting. Very interesting. Um, all right, so one more before we get into the show. Um, straight up, John, straight up. Who's your favorite nonfiction superhero? Superhero. Um, nonfiction superhero. Little twist right there. Um, so heroes are kind of complicated for me. Um, you know, when you're younger, when I was when I was a kid. I had like my sports heroes growing up because that's all I watched on TV. Um, but you quickly learn that, you know, especially being a sports fan, you quickly learn that sports is a business, you know, and athletes shouldn't really be our heroes. Uh, they should inspire us and want us to do good things, but they're not our heroes. Right. Um, I think of, you know, nurses, doctors, um, individuals who serve in the military, 
Uh, I think those people are heroes for doing what they do. Um, you know, so like a personal hero, um, like I said, that person should inspire you to be a better version of yourself. So when my mom beat cancer, right, she was my hero then. Like she went through an incredible journey and battled and that inspired me. Uh, my wife experiences tremendous, uh, physical hardships, almost daily, right? She's my hero for, for waking up and battling that and getting through and still being inspirational. Um, you know, she inspires me every day. She, she would be my, my daily hero. Um, so I don't have like a person that I, that I would look up to. You could go throughout the ages and, and look at people who, who did inspirational work, Martin Luther King and, and Gandhi and people like that. But for me, uh, I, you know, daily heroes i'm gonna be cheesy but i'm definitely gonna say my wife yeah that's what's up hey you know what um that's actually a good answer <laughs> i love that answer yeah i love that answer too yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um babe you're my hero yeah, yeah. <laughs> see see what happens later now <laughs> okay so let's get into it let's get into it so you know john therapists they they play a critical uh, role in our world and people don't always know or understand how essential um these real life heroes are you see what i did there with that you know asking yeah. about your hero and then going into that that was genius i thought but anyway um so they they, they don't really understand how important a lot of people don't understand how important therapists are um you know and and i'm going somewhere with this you know at one time you know they were you know and maybe still a lot of people call them shrinks or whatever and they were looked at they were it was frowned upon you're going to go see a shrink or you know you have some men that have lost whole marriages because they wouldn't sit down and put that work in and reach out to someone for help and in doing so they they've lost a lot and but now i mean 2021 the world has kind of had a huge shift. I mean, we have life coaches, we have um, therapists and counselors or those uh, aspiring to be those things. Um, and it's like, it's a thing now. It's like, yo, did you go see your therapist today? Like you tripping, man. I think you need to go sit down and talk to John, you know? Um, hey, as a matter of fact, when I'm really pressed and going through it, I'm calling John, you know? So um, they're so essential and they're so important. So um, my first question is, you know, like you don't just, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe you did, but did you just wake up one day and say, yo, I'm going to be a therapist? How did you get into, uh, this, this field? Um, <clears throat> so I got into the field of therapy and really the field of social work because I wanted to work with people struggling with addiction to alcohol and drugs. That was my first, you know, uh, I dipped my toe into the water in, in that realm. Um, alcohol and drug addiction runs in my family and I've seen it firsthand. I've personally experienced it. And so that was really the first set of people, group of people that I wanted to work with and help. So I really got into it. Um, I received uh, a degree in human services with a focus in substance use counseling. Um, and this is where I really learned about social work um, as a concept. And I quickly discovered there was a vast array of services that I could get into that reached far beyond, you know, direct counseling. 
I, I knew I wanted to be a therapist. Um, I, I wanted to help people. But then once I really learned more about social work, the more education that I received, um, I learned more about what I really wanted to do. Uh, I also got really lucky in that pretty much my first teacher or one of my first teachers that I ever had in this field um, ended up hiring me. Um, oh, and I, wow. worked, I worked with him for him for, for five years and he became sort of a mentor to me. Uh, he, I think he taught maybe three of my classes and then again, I worked for him for, for many years. Um, he taught me a lot about social work, about addiction, about systemic racism, social injustice, religion, ethics, um, just a lot about life in general. And I think through him is where I really kind of saw, wow, there's a lot going on in this world that, that needs to be fixed or corrected, or if there's mm -hmm. people in need. And so just through that experience and, and kind of my, my path into uh, social work really kind of blossomed from there. Man, that's, that's awesome. Incredible. It is. It, it truly is. It truly is. To have that kind of mentor too, to impact mm. your career. That's huge. That's a huge foundation. Mm -hmm. I got really lucky again because I didn't know how big social work was, right? So you say therapist or counselor or life coach. And so people have a specific thought, you know, the old, the old narrative was you would hear the word social worker and be like, Oh, you just take kids away from their families. Right. That was that was the first notion of, of social work as early as 10 years ago. And then once, you know, I got into the field, th there is just, like I said, a vast array of services that, that you could provide and work that you could get into through social work. So wow. with that being said, too, what is your area of expertise or interest with therapy? So I am a licensed clinical social worker and I'm a licensed clinical addiction specialist. I've been working as a counselor and a therapist in both mental health and addiction since 2012. Um, I've worked with various populations all over the United States, New Jersey, North Carolina, California. Um, I've worked, you know, again, various populations, uh, veterans, kids, families, um, teenagers, um, homeless individuals, those with mental health and substance use disorders. Um, I also have a background in grant writing and program development. Um, so essentially going into an organization, seeing how it operates, um, trying to generate more money and funds for the organization and trying to grow a program. Um, so that's my expertise, quote unquote, I guess. Um, my interest, though, is something I've actually yet to take a formal job in. Um, and that's drug policy reform. I'm a mm. big advocate for um, the decriminalization and legalization of, of pretty much all illicit substances. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to push more for policy reform and see laws change that actually help people suffering from addiction and mental health symptoms uh, as opposed to making you know criminals out of them. So that's, that's what I really want to get into more as my career develops it is more policy reform and 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 systemic change that way right yeah and, and you know i think that's awesome because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people 
locked up, man, you know, for for some weed or something. You know what I mean? Something. I mean, and, and their whole life. And then even when they get out, their whole life is just ruined. Like, you know, nobody's trying to hire you, man. You got some criminal charges. And really, all you did was get caught with a pound or something. You know, um, I'm not saying that, you know, you should be a hustler or nothing like that. But, like, I think it's crazy that um, people do the time they do, you know, over little in my opinion little stuff like that you know what i mean so the fact that you want to move towards that and get into that um that is that is that says a lot about you um as as a human being you know um that that's amazing i feel like uh i feel like you're the you're, you're moses you know you're about to go set, you're about to go set the slaves free you know what i mean so Def, definitely not moses um <laughs> you know he's got a little more street cred than i do but we could get into a whole nother interview and, and episode about why it is the way it is as far as mass incarceration and, and the war on drugs. I mean, I could, I've written my dissertation actually, uh, for my, um, graduate degree was on, um, the, the prison system and essentially, um, how drug laws were created to arrest young black and brown people, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, people who look like me um so yeah we can get into a whole other you know topic about or discussion about that but but that's that's essentially what i'd I'd like to really work towards moving forward yeah yeah most definitely man that that is awesome and that sounds like something we need to i mean i already got season four planned out right now man (laughs) 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 right right so hey straight up john straight up john um which crisis intervention techniques do you think are most effective and why okay so i use a lot of crisis intervention techniques now you're talking about more on a individual or family setting uh and again i've 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 done individual and group counseling family counseling for almost 10 years now so depending on the situation and the environment i'm going to utilize different intervention techniques Um, my relationship with the person also is going to uh, determine the intervention or technique that I use. So if I'm out to dinner, if I'm out to dinner with my wife and we're walking down the street and I see a person who might be intoxicated or might be in the middle of like a mental health episode, you know, this is a stranger. I'm a stranger to them. I'm going to approach it much differently than it would be if someone was in my office and I've, you know, worked with them for over a year. Um, you know, someone who might be having an anxiety attack, I'm going to use different techniques versus someone who might be suicidal. Um, so for individuals experiencing, you know, a major depressive episode or having an anxiety attack, um, I found that emotional regulation skills are the most helpful for, for us in that moment. Um, there's various things that you can do in various ways to address it, but the basic principles are one, pay attention you know, what's going on in my body in the moment? Like, is my stomach tight? Is my face hot? Are my fists clenched? Um, two is identify, you know, what emotion am I feeling right now? Am I angry? Am I upset? Am I stressed? Am I hurt? Um, and then three, how am I going to manage this? So how do I cope? What skills am I going to use? And again, if you're an individual who's experiencing these things and you're with a therapist, they're going to help you through those things. Right. But what I found you know, what I found really helpful and it's that these skills you don't just use when you're having an anxiety attack or you're in a depressive state, you use these skills when you're having an argument with your partner 
when when your kid is screaming at the top of their lungs in Walmart. Like this is when you use those skills as well, not when you know you yourself are are having um, an anxiety attack. And just to go like you know to fully answer your question about things that that I use, um, I use a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. So realizing that our thinking impacts how we feel, which impacts what we do, which impacts the consequences of what is going on in the moment. So in order to make sure we don't go from zero to a hundred and there's some really bad consequences, um, I use a lot of progressive muscle relaxing uh, techniques. So our, our, our body gets so tight when we're in one of these moments. Um, and so you just want to kind of release that tension. So I really have the person, you know, I had the person sit down and take some deep breaths and then work through the muscles in their face, you know, pushing on their jaw, pushing on their forehead. And then we work all the way through the body. You know, you slowly and calmly work through muscles by tightening them up, holding, and then releasing them. 10, 15 seconds at a time. And I literally go through the entire body, the face, wow. the jaw, the neck, the shoulders, arms, legs, everything. Um, it takes a couple minutes to go through, but the person almost always feels um, a lot better. And then wow. you use that with deep breathing. Um, another one that I use sometimes, again, depending on the person, um, visualization. Now that's more difficult for me. So I know that's difficult for others as well in that you're visualizing a very pleasant place. You go to your favorite beach or you go to the mountains and you're in this moment of you're imagining the place. And, and I would walk the person through what are the sounds that you're hearing? What are the smells? You know, what are some of the things that you could taste? If you're at the beach, do you feel the sand, the warm sand on your toes and you hear that ocean curling and the birds are chirping and you're breathing in and out, you know, and it's a very calming, relaxing feeling of I'm getting away from all my worries right now and going to a great place. That's um, phenomenal. Not to interrupt you, but I'm even listening to you and having children at a young age and instituting some of those things as they try to learn to maneuver through their huge emotions as kids. I mean, how powerful that would be. I think that's one of the things that we need out there across the board is how do we manage these huge emotions and feelings that we're having in a way that we can also, you know, like I said, help our kids. That's, that's so awesome. Exactly. And what's, what's really neat is, um, they're starting to implement this in schools a little more. And I, I bring her up because she's amazing, but my wife just got back from a training in that it's a, she's a part of a cohort, which is, you know, trying to bring more awareness to schools and develop curriculum that helps with mental health awareness and, you know, grounding techniques and, and things like that. And if we're able to, children aren't, mentally able to realize what is going on in the moment. They don't have the brain capacity to know that they are in a crisis right now. And so if they're in Walmart and they're six years old and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, as parents yelling back is going to make the situation a million times worse. Parents don't understand that getting down on their level, right? And using some of these deep breathing techniques and soothing, calming, you know, imageries will 
help them a lot more than just yelling at them and dragging them through the the store. Um, So I think it's important that you're right. We teach this, uh, you know, with the adults, with the kids, uh, with families, you know. um, And that's another thing I do. If depending on, you know, I said like every person is different and every person has a different crisis in the moment. Um, But if someone is like a, like a child, I I use this a lot when I was working with kids. Um, You know, if they're in a, a highly emotional state, I have them just point out things and describe them in detail that are in my office. You know, so I had a bunch of toys in my office when I was working with kids. And so I'd have them go into a giant basket and just have them pick out a toy and describe it to me in great detail. Like, what does this truck look like? What does the truck do? What does the ball feel like, you know, to your face? Soft, is it squishy? And just have them go into detail as much as possible. And then 10 minutes later, they have no idea why they were upset in the first place. Yes. So powerful. That's good stuff, man. Yes. Wow. Because even like using a toy as an adult, you know, like it is a baby step into that whole thought process. You know what I mean? Or something that, um, I just like that whole idea of like, cause I feel like baby steps are important, um, when we're learning some of these things, you know, cause then we're more likely to keep them moving in our, our toolbox, pulling them out when we need them. Exactly. And the thing is, a lot of these techniques only take five minutes because the longer you go into it and it's not working, it might just stress the person out a little more. You know, if they're already in a bad emotional state, like we're using crisis intervention techniques for a reason because the person is in a crisis. Uh, You know, again, but if it was a random person on the street, I'm not going to pull out some toys in my, from my car and be like, how does this toy feel to you? Like, that's not going to work for that individual. So I'm going to approach that situation very differently. Um, and I think the, one of the most important things as you are ending the technique and the person's feeling a lot better, you want to make sure that they're using a lot of positive self-talk, right? So you're leaving, you're leaving a crisis episode and you're moving back into what is actually happening and, and more of a reality. And so you want them to influx with positive self-talk, you know, that moment happened. It's okay. I'm forgiving myself. I'm learning from it and I'm moving on and I feel positive about where I am right now. Yeah. And so I think that's really important to kind of end, you know, that, that on. Right. And I want to, I want to add to what you're saying. Cause, uh, a crisis, man. Uh, and it's actually a book you gave me, uh, a guide to crisis intervention. Um, I don't know if you gave that to me or am I supposed to give that back, but anyway, I have it. Um, <laughs> the, I'm sorry. One of the, um, what the, in the opening pages of it, I love what it says is that, um, like two ways to look at a crisis as opportunity or danger. And, and if we're doing and walking a client through, um, their crisis moment, it's, yeah, they're in danger. They feel like they're in danger or whatever, but it's an opportunity for them to grow. And, and I love that you have these different techniques and these, in these different uh, methods to uh, help them see uh, a crisis as an opportunity to, um, to become better or get through what they're going through in the moment. So that, that is an awesome thing right there. Yeah. Not every technique is going to work for every person. And so the purpose of throwing a bunch of them out there is see what sticks, Hmm. you know, and then the person learns from that. So when they're no longer in therapy or, they're you know somewhere else in their life and a crisis happened they're like oh what what did i learn from john oh yeah that's what really helped me and i could use that again right now 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Then that's awesome. That is amazing. So if a client has an outburst in response to your recommendation, how do you handle it? So that also depends on the situation and my relationship with them. You know, I, again, if it's a person on the street, I'm more apt just to walk away and let that be that. <laughs> um, if it's a client that if it's newer or I don't have the best rapport with them, I'll kind of back off. Um, I'll not push as hard and I'll give them their space. Um, if a client has an outburst, no matter the age or level of care, uh, this usually means they aren't getting what they want or they aren't in the right mental space to receive that kind of information. Mm -hmm. So more often than not, if a client has an outburst to, you know, what I'm recommending, I'll ask very simple questions. Like, what do you want? What do you want out of this? Or what would you like to happen? Right. You know, and if what, you know, they want doesn't negatively impact themselves or others, I'm probably going to give that to you. I'm probably going to let you have that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always try to get a compromise and that works easier with, with children sometimes, you know, so when I was working with kids, not every, you know, 10 year old wants to sit there for 50 minutes and talk about their, their feelings. Right. So, <laughs> right. You, know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not logical. Um, I, and I don't really expect that and nor should you expect that. Um, so usually when I get them to come in, they want to play with, with toys or they want to play games or, you know, have fun. So, okay, but let's, let's talk about your, your thoughts and your feelings about your day at school for 15 minutes, and then we'll have half an hour to play a game. Yeah. And, and so you kind of want to compromise in those situations. Uh, with adults, it's a little more tricky. You know, you, you, you know, not a lot of uh, adults are going to want to sit there and, and play Connect Four with you. Right. <laughs> then that's fine. <laughs> um, but again, if, if they aren't, if they're having an outburst and I recommend something and it doesn't work or they don't even want to try, th then they're not in the right mental space to, to take that information in. And that's okay. Right. Uh, again, as long as they're not in, in an extreme crisis where they're going to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else or, or, or be, it could be a violent situation, um, I'm going to back off. Then it's okay. We don't have to approach this right now. You're not ready to approach this, and that's fine. But yeah. let's take a mental note of this. Let's take a mental note of how you're feeling and how you're thinking in the moment. And I know you really don't want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right. We right. both acknowledge that you don't want to feel that way. Facts. So let's let's pause that, and we'll keep, we can come back to it later, and we can think about how to address it and get you out of that state. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you know, cal calmly, just kind of pushing myself back from the situation and not really pushing it to where they could go to that next level. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So you know, John, we're. We're coming, uh, we're at the end of a pandemic. I, mean, I don't know where we're at with it, man, but we're somewhere, you know, COVID is here, COVID is gone, get the shot, don't get the shot. But during the pandemic, I'm, and then I kind of, we worked together for the first part of it. I mean, I actually remember we, we said in the office before we thought it was as serious as it was. And we were like, everybody's tripping, man. And we just kind of went on about our day and, uh, I remember, I mean, I remember you pulled up a list and you're like, more people die from ibuprofen than they're dying at this moment from COVID. And so I was like, oh, well, then I'm not even tripping. You know, I take ibuprofen all the time. And then there's the threat of COVID. So, like, hey, I got to go out some way, you know. Um, but in saying all that, 
has COVID, has it made it, uh, it has it made it difficult to work with your clients or has it made it better? Um, has it even been a thing? Have you even noticed it or what's the, what's up with that? So I would say both, okay. you know, both could be true. It's made it easier and hard. Um, so for my current position, I've been doing individual and group sessions, uh, through zoom and it's, that's super convenient for my clients. You know, most of them have transportation difficulties. They take the bus, you know, and sometimes you're taking two buses to get to where you need to go. And if you're coming into the office two, three, four times a week, then, then an hour long session with me turns into three hours of bus riding and, and meeting with me. So for, for my clients, it's easier um, as far as just hopping on Zoom wherever, the, wherever they are. Um, it's also easier for me to like rearrange my schedule. You know, if a client can't make it to a session, well, no worries because we could just hop on Zoom in a couple hours when you're when you are available instead of you coming into the office. Um, but it's harder because it's harder to build a relationship with people. I mean, this is a very personalized relationship therapy is. You know, and reading body cues and body language and nonverbal cues. And that's how I really build my relationships. And that's how I really get a sense of where the person is at, not only in the moment, but in treatment. Yeah. And you don't get that over Zoom. Mm, right. You know? So I think, I think I'm missing out on that aspect. And I don't feel I could be as effective as a therapist through telehealth. Um, now maybe you could ask my clients and they're still getting what they need. I, I don't really know, but I feel personally that I would, that I do a better job providing therapy if I'm in person. Got you. That's what's up, man. That, that's what's up. Um, man, I can't even imagine being, um, being a client that, you know, one of those clients that they, they have to keep that schedule and they have to sit with you every day and, and you know if, if they miss that the whole world like hey, i didn't do this one thing so i'm falling yeah. apart um i bet that's challenging for those type of clients as well and i i definitely challenging for for you like you said like uh you know not being able to kind of really peep what's going on in person uh that ah, that can be that can be difficult especially if you're used to to doing something a certain way for a long time you know what i mean exactly yeah, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think too, like having that in person, um, you have this energy connection that goes on, you know? And so that's a little bit different when you're working through zoom. Have you noticed that part too? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's so much easier for people to tune out. Yeah. I mean, I mean myself, myself too. I mean, I definitely, checked e emails and, you know, looked at messages that pop up on my computer when I'm, when I'm with the person, as opposed to if I was in person with them, I would never do something like that. Yeah. And they, they do it as well. It's really, it's really funny sometimes when, you know, I have a client who joins a session and they're like laying in bed. I'm like, come on, come on, man. Like at least, at least get up, you know, or like, or they're outside like smoking. I'm like, I can see the puff of your cigarette. You know, like, yeah, I know you're not really paying attention to that. <laughs> and they would never do that if we were in person, obviously. Right, right. Um, but no, you're right. There is an energy that is given out and received um, by, by, by both people or people in the group. And um, that's definitely lost through telehealth. 
So if you could give a new therapist a tip that could help them succeed in this line of work, what would it be? Ooh. Uh, um, okay. I'm going to be a little raw. I mean, I always try to be, I always want to be truthful with Adrian as a, you know, a man of God. Um, if I were to speak with someone who's pursuing social work or in the midst of getting their social work degree, um, I would be honest with them and I would tell them that they should utilize their skills and passion to find a different way to help people. (laughs) Basically I would say, don't get into social work. And I'm saying that as a social worker for, you know, the last 10 years, um, if, if someone's really committed to this field, like they, they're telling me, John, like, I really want to be a social worker. And, okay. Then I would have, I would tell them to go get their master's degree uh, and look at the micro, uh, the macro and say, get your master's degree in policy and management. And I would encourage them to take grant writing classes and, and try to make um, systemic change from the inside of an organization rather than, than individually work with people. Now, if the person tells me, John, I really want to be a therapist, there's nothing that you could say that's going to deter me from being a therapist. That's great. The world needs more of you. Right, right on. Right. The world, the world needs more of you. And if you really, really want to be that force for change and help individuals or families or communities, then I would really encourage a, a strong foundation of social and emotional support for themselves. Uh, that is so key. Um, I would recommend that person get their own therapist and I would recommend that they find a very strong and supportive and encouraging, um, clinical supervisor. And you need a clinical supervisor in order to, to get hours and get your license anyway. Um, but like I said, when I, when I talked, uh, told you about my mentor, um, he's been my clinical supervisor for my, for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him consistently. And, you know, I think my life and my journey through social work would been made uh, a lot more difficult if I didn't have that person in my life. So, yeah. So (laughs) step one, don't go into social work. (laughs) 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 Step, step two, um, go into policy and management. And, uh, step three would be get, get yourself some, some strong family, friends, emotional, support because you're going to need it in this field, unfortunately. I was going to say there has to be this probably really strong element of uh, self-love as you journey through this career. You have to take care of yourself. You have to nurture yourself because what you pick up too, as you maneuver through it are heavier energies because, you know, life isn't all rainbows and unicorns, right? (laughs) (laughs) Especially in this field. And it's unfortunate that you are hundred percent right. You need to have a lot of self-love and, and compassion and um, I guess forgiveness. And I'm still working on that. Uh, you could ask anyone close to me. That's, that's what I really struggle with is not so much letting go, but so much of forgiving myself. Um, unfortunately I've gone to quite a few funerals for clients who have, have passed away. Um, it's you're, you're right. It's not all, sunshine and unicorns and rainbows in this field and you lose a lot of people a lot of people just kind of fall off the map and you never hear from them again 
people commit suicide, people overdose. Um, that's just the, the, you know, the plain facts of it. And sometimes the work really gets to you and you bring it home and it's difficult not only for you, but the people around you. Um, and, and yeah, if you don't have a healthy way of dealing with it, it could really, really burn you out. And the kid, um, it kind of eats away at you after a while. Yeah. You have to be able to, cause you become so invested, you yes. know? And I think that's the part that too, a lot of people don't understand how invested you become in, in these connections. Yes, exactly. Um, you're, you're seeing individuals, not only just, are you seeing them in person for an hour, a couple hours a week, um, but you're watching them go through this amazing change yeah. and you're, you're helping them change. You're the catalyst of that change. Right. And so for such a long period of time, you're diving through the muck of an individual's life and what happened to them to make them the way they are now. Mm. And you're kind of sorting that out and separating, man, what, what can, what has happened to you and what are we going to do about it to make you a healthy individual? moving forward. And you do take a lot of that on. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that I've worked with who, you know, have gone through the most horrible things yeah. and between again, addiction, homelessness, mental health issues, um, sexual abuse, violence, it just, it, it doesn't end. And you gotta, you gotta put that somewhere. You gotta, um, you know, kind of put that into a special place in your mind or else it makes it really difficult to go into the office every day. Well, and I think too, you know, it's um, taking a moment, Adrian and I were just talking about this, to really celebrate the baby steps too. Like, look, you may think this is a small step in the right direction, but it's huge. Let's celebrate that moment together because you are making progress. Yes. Yeah. Right, facts. Yes. Gotta take that moment. The, the the smallest little moment celebrate yeah. celebrate it and and some people you you need to be about celebrating the small moments um sometimes you really have to hold the person's hand and walk them to those those celebrations oh, wow. because they have gone through so much in their life and they think it's because of them and sometimes it is because of them we make sometimes as human beings we make bad choices right that's... and 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 that's okay but sometimes and i've gone through this personally right? You don't want to celebrate the small moments because you feel like you should be at a different place in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I just spent the last 10 years of my life drinking and abusing drugs and I've lost my family and I've lost my job and I've lost hope. And so why is being sober for 30 days? Why is that meaningful? Why is that magical, right? That is a small step that should be celebrated. But some people look at that like, wow, well, I've lost everything. So this 30 days is really meaningless. This isn't a big accomplishment, you know, but yes, it's a, it's a, it's, it might not be a big accomplishment for you in the grand scheme of your life, but at this moment, this is huge. And we're working towards getting that 10 years back. Yes. And too, I think with celebrating the smaller steps, you also are teaching yourself as you move along your journey that those are just as important, just as important because you're, you're creating this foundation for yourself that you can be proud of. Exactly. Facts, mad facts, mad facts. Um, so in closing, John, what is, and you kind of answered this, but as a therapist, what is something that, 
um, you're hoping to achieve? Uh, in an individual setting, I'm hoping that this individual never has to come back and see me ever again. And that's, that's the goal, right? Wow. Yeah. The goal, yeah. The goal of me being a therapist and working with you is so you don't need me anymore. Right. And that's same thing with, with family settings, same thing with group settings. You know, the purpose of you being here and us working on these skills together is so you could take them and use them for your the rest of your life. And you don't have to come back to therapy. Um, now on a more grand scheme of things, you know, again, looking at the, the macro, um, man, a, a little pessimistic, but, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot that I can achieve on a grand scale. And that, and that kind of is what beats me up. Now, in, in being in this field for almost 10 years now, uh, I've seen so many different injustices played out to, to people in different populations. Um, <laughs> my, my wife says I seek these things out and I put an unnecessary burden on myself and I don't disagree with her. But then to me, I, I kind of turn a blind eye to it. You know, oh, it's happening across the country. It doesn't impact me, so I don't have to worry about it. But those little things stick in my mind and I do worry about it. Um, and so on the grand scale, I mean, I would love to end world hunger. I would love to see that no child is being forced into, you know, slavery or, or sex trafficking or anything like that. There's some awful things in this world. And I wish we could just wave a magic wand and end those things, but that's not realistic. Um, I think just to really answer the question, I just hope to leave this place a little better than I found it. No matter where I go, no matter what agency I work for or what city I work in or what population I'm trying to serve, I just want to be able to have a little bit of peace of mind knowing that I left the place a little better than, than where I found it. Mad facts, man. Awesome. Yeah. I can't tell you how, um, what an honor this has been. I want to thank you both. This has been so awesome. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been, been a blast. Great. It's been a blast. Um, I want to thank both of you guys for rocking with the kid, man. It's, uh, it's been another great one. And John, I just want to say, man, I am a better man for having knowing you. Um, and thank you so much for, um, all the greatness you've poured into my life over the last couple of years, man. Um, I cannot thank you enough and just thank you so much for your love, your support, your encouragement. And, um, man, I, I, I don't know if I had a, if I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't thank you enough, bro. Hey, we are all the sum of our parts, right? And you are part of my life, whether you like it or not, man. So <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I, and I think that's, what's so great about that. Uh, you know, I bashed social work. I just did, right? I just bashed my career and my profession saying that nobody should go in it. But I cannot tell you the amount of the, 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 the people that I've met and worked with and had the privilege of, of working alongside of are some of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my life. Uh, literally from, from here to California, I have met some amazing, amazing individuals who are going to do great work in, in this world and really help a lot of people. 
and it goes unnoticed. It goes unrecognized. Again, we talked about heroes, right? And so you see, you know, I kind of joked about the celebrity stuff and everyone looks up to these people as heroes and they do great work too. LeBron does great work. He gives millions of dollars to charity. I will never be able to give millions of dollars to charity, but I know the people in my profession um, are undersold, I guess, as, as heroes in that you would have no idea, but today in whatever city that you're in, right, there's going to be a therapist that helps someone not go through with suicide today. Yeah. That, that, that's just a fact with statistics wow. and what we know about suicide, what we know the, 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 the rate of it, that today in every city, there will be a therapist or a social worker or a coach or a case manager or a psychologist or a psychologist that, that helps someone not make that decision today. And wow. so it's, it's tireless work, but it's amazing work. It really is. And so just a big shout out to all the therapists and social workers and counselors out there. Um, you are underpaid, you are undervalued, and, um, but you are desperately needed. Facts. Facts. Yes, facts. John, Sabrina, thank you both for rocking with A-Ray. Um, this is one-on-one with A-Ray, ladies and gentlemen, real life, real stories, real people. Uh, please share this, subscribe to the show so you can get the notifications of when, uh, whenever we drop a, a new episode. This is season three. We're just getting started, man. I'm telling you, man, if you thought this was fire, man, it was, and we got more for you, man. It's the kit, but you knew that, and we out.